0: My name is oh, got okay. We're recording. Okay, um, my name is Koko Madari, and we, me and Rebecca Clave, are doing weekly lives, and it's been so fun. Um, this is Oleg. This is my cat. Um, and the last two weeks, the first week, we talked about love being the key to the revolution. And the week after that, we talked about, um, and and within that first conversation, we touched on anger a lot. Um, And then the next week we went deeper into that and talked about stories of times when anger helped us connect deeper to love and times when it, um, you know, held us back from connection and lots of different things. And this week we are talking about the difference between trauma bonds and love so I know for me trauma bonds have been one of the main things holding me back in life in having actual healthy relationships and in business because when you are trauma bonded to someone that just like it takes so much energy and it is often, well, it is, it is built on a lie, a lie that you somehow need them to complete you. And this comes from childhood. And um, so first we're just gonna define what a trauma bond is. And then we're gonna kind of get a little bit deeper into like how they feel and how it feels different from love. And how do we, um, if we are a person who, has been through abuse who might be a codependent and stuff like that how do we um step out of that um so I am going to define um a trauma bond based on um a therapist that I follow named Jay Reed and so Jay Reed specializes in um helping people who have like either one or two narcissist parents. And he's an amazing resource. If you think that you have been raised by narcissistic parents and stuff like that, and um, how to step out of that kind of like that grip that that can have on you and how that can, you know, um continue to snowball into your life in various different ways. I know it has for me, it's been a good time. So, in In what uh, Jay teaches, he talks about the wounded self versus the hopeful self. So when, you know a parent um, say, is being abusive to you, or putting you down or neglecting you, or withholding love intentionally, we have our wounded self. The part of us, when we're children, um that actually feels hurt, realizes something has happened and is feeling hurt by it however when we're children um it is not in our best interest from a survival standpoint to believe that our parents are hurting us or that our parents are not actually able to take care of us So what ends up happening is our consciousness separates from the wounded self to the hopeful self. So it's kind of like a split that happens in your consciousness. And the more abusive that the situation is, the more the helpful self kind of takes over and then the wounded self goes into the subconscious. Um, So then the hopeful self is like, maybe it'll get better tomorrow maybe my mom will finally leave that terrible boyfriend. Maybe, you know, maybe they'll be nice to me tomorrow, right? So it's that, um, it's that hope that creates the trauma bond because we are, because of survival, because we need to, are creating kind of like a ghost relationship. It's not a real connection, but rather a connection that we're creating in our minds. In order to make it believable for us that we do have a relationship with our parents when the truth is there isn't an authentic one happening. And so the less connection that you've received from your parents, the more likely you are going to be to create trauma bonds and this is not at all um what i would say is like the right definition of a trauma bond there's like lots of different ones but this is the one that i find the most um helpful so a trauma bond is a relationship that we are conceiving in our minds versus what is actually happening and do you have anything to add to that rebecca
1: I I think that everything that you're saying right now already is just putting it in, it. I think, exactly the right words, yeah. um, because something that I, I've worked with people repeatedly in the past in general, you know, not necessarily specific to this topic, it, it comes out in a lot of ways, is what you were saying about hope, right, mm-hmm. is hope being sort of that last thing that people cling to and how that can actually hold you back. Right. Because if you're just hoping, um, then you're not going to be making any changes because you're still like holding on to that hope. Right. Yeah. So this can show up in, in so many ways in life and, and how important it is, even though we're usually told that hope is a good thing and hope is kind of glorified, really digging into and peeling back the layers of the ways that hope really hold you back. Right. And I definitely, it, what, what, like songs always pop into my mind. So when you were like, maybe they will be nice to me tomorrow, I was hearing the, you know, the song from Annie, the sun will come out. Yeah. (laughs) Sort of like the emblematic example of that. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And since, you know, if we didn't get the love that we needed um, as children from our parents, as we often didn't, What can happen then is subconsciously, we're looking for people to kind of fill that gap. So this happened actually very, very like obvious to me. Um, The universe was like here, like my first partner that I was like in a, you know, deep relationship with, birthday was a day after my mom's. And our relationship was exactly the same. It was like fighting all the time, crying, yelling, you know, drama, hurt, just all of the hurt. And my second relationship was, uh, his birthday was two days after my dad. So it was like the exact same. So I was like, subconsciously, even though consciously I was like a ambitious, you know, um, capable, intelligent person subconsciously, I was looking for someone to fill that hole within me to like complete the relationship or to feel complete because I felt like I was lacking. And um, that's kind of how trauma bonds continue to exist is this belief that you are not complete without them. I cannot be fully happy without this. And this could even happen with children, like you having a child because you're afraid that if you don't have a child, then you're not gonna have a complete life, right? That ima- automatically creates a trauma bond with that child because you are like expecting them to complete you in some exactly.
1: Way. And that's yeah. that's one that is concerningly um accepted in our society oh, so as like you know what I mean, and it's and yeah. it's encouraged, and it's like that is. That is not the way to start things and raise a child at all, right? Because
0: the child no. <laughs> starts off with the job, right?
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And then and they and they keep it for the rest of their lives where the where the parent is trying to live vicariously um, through yeah. the child continuously at, at long after they're they're not children anymore. I mean, you know, I I overhear conversations sometimes <laughs> where you know, somebody's all wound up and concerned about like all these little detail, basically trying to micromanage a child's life. And then you overhear the rest of the conversation and the child is like, the child is in their forties and it's like, oh, yeah. well, it's, <laughs> it's something has gone off here. Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: Exactly. Um, so let's go into how a trauma bond feels in the body, because that, for me, has been one of the first ways for me to distinguish between is this a trauma bond or is it love? So
1: when I, um, first of all,
0: when you're actually thinking about the person or spending time with them, there might be a feeling of like urgency or like being pulled towards or like there's like a magnet or a glue. And a lot of people mistake this as love. Exactly. Or they're just you hear like, it all Whoa! the time of yeah, like, exactly. oh,
1: I'm so, butterflies and all of that. Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 exactly. But it feels intense. It feels urgent. It feels like I'm out of control a bit. And um, just leaning into my recent experience with someone who I was uh, trauma bonded to, it's that feeling of like, wanting to just fall into them. And then but when you do, it's kind of like you're like you're seeing stars, almost like you're concussed. And it's just like loopy let's just forget about everything, ignore our lives. And it's just this very, very intense high where you're wanting to take action immediately, text them immediately, go see them. You need to see them now. Like that is you. your subconscious believing that they are going to complete you in some way. You're looking for something in them. Um, and it can also feel very intrusive, like you want to stop thinking about this person, but it just keeps, 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 keeps coming. And this is where it gets into um, addiction, right? So codependency is an addiction, just like, you know, addiction to heroin or addiction to, um, you know, anything. And it's actually interesting um, with heroin, it actually follows the steps of like uh, a narcissist relationship. So first there's the love bombing phase. You get all the gifts, you get like all of the praise, you're spending all of your time together. It's very intense right at the beginning. Um, Lots of like declarations of love and forever. And with like the first time that you do heroin, I've never done heroin, but it's like that in like the the most amazing you've ever felt in your life, right? And then everything past that relationship after the, the love bonding phase is the devaluation phase. And then eventually the discarding phase, if we are lucky enough to be discarded because they are like sucking our energy through a straw and they might not discard you, but if you're lucky, you get discarded. Um, but basically what, um, the theme around that whole relationship dynamic is the person who is like with the narcissist is always trying to get back to that love bombing phase. They're thinking about that, those first couple weeks of the relationship, the first couple months, they're thinking about that high. They're thinking about that like deep connection that you felt. If you notice yourself wanting to go back to the way it was right there's there is a sign for you right there so so what are your thoughts rebecca any anything to add in terms of like the well, feeling
1: well it's it's remarkable you know as you're really kind of laying this out so clearly yeah. um looking at how much overlap there is with what is societally accepted as this is what relationships are, or this is what relationships are supposed to be, or this is what falling in love feels like. Right. And, um, and so I think that people are, are out having relationships like this, that, that the majority of relationships are sort of Mm -hmm. going down this way, Mm -hmm. you know? And again, it's not really surprising when we look at it because what you mentioned with parents it's not even just narcissist parents even kind of any parents right since we haven't
0: gotten what you needed yeah since basically
1: none of us have been raised by people who were just fully conscious (laughs) right Mm -hmm. um there there were gonna be some uh, pain along the way even even if it wasn't even intentional on the parents part right um so and what's not, I mean, and I see this shifting, thank goodness, right? I see, um, the younger and younger generations really normalizing, um, dealing with this stuff from a young age, you know what I mean? I see 15, 16 year olds, um, very literate and, and very emotionally intelligent about these things and recognizing that, they, that they need to unpack these things in order to have healthy relationships going forward. So I love seeing that come into play, but you know, that hasn't been the trend before now, (laughs) everyone's just been kind of set loose and told, oh yeah, well that some, you know, relationships suck a lot of times or love hurts or things like that. And that, when that's certainly not what is healthy at all.
0: Yeah, totally. And I think like like socialization was, especially people who have been socialized as women, this is not an accident. This is like intentionally by the patriarchy, conditioning women to believe that their life revolves around a man. Yeah. And your life is about that. And this is how you find fulfillment. This is how you find love. If you're single, then you're a loser. If you don't have children, then you're not complete. Like this is not.
1: Yeah, it's it's all very <laughs> intentionally reinforced completely. Yeah.
0: yeah, Yeah, exactly. Like, so anyone who has, who is experiencing this, um, not your fault at all. Exactly. <laughs> this is something that is literally like jammed down our throats constantly all of the yeah. time.
1: And the conditioning that that goes with that, right? Like I, the the way that patriarchy is harmful to everyone, right? Mm-hmm. So by that same token, um, people brought up as as men w- are taught to not emotionally connect, not show their emotions. Da da da. You mm-hmm. know that's been what they were taught for generations and generations. So it's yeah. no wonder that the young women grow up without their father feeling emotionally connected to them and Mm -hmm. then it sets off this this chain of events where they're told oh no but you you need a man and they're like well do I have one no because they didn't because the father didn't emotionally connect right yeah and we know how the rest goes from there (laughs) Exactly, exactly and then and then before they know it they are raising children themselves because they've been told that that's required for being complete like you said and and nobody has healed yet and yeah. so it just blah, 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 continues down the line
0: yeah because
1: it's it um
0: the the this this emotional attachment feels so strong and so powerful and like such a promise of something yeah like you're going to get something and walking away from that feels can feel incredibly scary and uncomfortable and a lot of self-doubt can come up because you're literally writing a completely new um a, like a completely new path in life, right? Yeah. Um yeah. And another thing this is kind of like going back to what we were talking about before but I want to also include um to tell whether it's a trauma bond is this feeling of anxiety actually being around them like how you actually feel in your body or fear or um what was it this limitation to how you can express yourself yes right yeah, like cuz when, so like when there's that constant
1: when there's that constant undercurrent that you need to be accepted by them but you might not be Right. And that you need to be accepted by them because otherwise you're not going to have that at all. Right. Yeah. Then you're, you're substituting what you're trying to get from them for, you know, your own strong foundation of, of love. Right. So if you feel comfortable and settled in that foundation of love yourself, then you know, you can, there's not that intensity like you were referring to before of like that you have to um, get this validation from that person in particular.
0: Exactly, exactly. And when you're in this, when you're in that space, like everything they do matters. Like yeah. what they do, what what how they look at you will affect you. How they, like whether or not they talk to you will affect you. Whether you see them in a the street will, will affect you. But when- Because you're, you're giving in- it
1: all meaning about- your worth giving it all meaning about your identity, giving it all meaning about how lovable you are inherently. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so how do we get out of it? I'll let you give your thoughts first and then I'll give my thoughts.
1: Well, I think there's, I think there's a lot of, um, different roads that sort of all lead to Rome on this and the what sort of underpins them all obviously is reconnecting with actual true unconditional love obviously first within yourself and then really combining that with um you know Educating yourself in a way that, because even if you just suddenly spontaneously have some kind of um, transcendent experience, right, where your your heart opens and you're just overflowing with like the purest, most true, unconditional love, your your mind and your body are still um, in certain patterns, right. That it's going to, in order to really integrate what you tapped into, it's going to take some like going back and helping your mind catch up with, oh, okay, I'm, I, there's just love available now, helping your body catch up to that. And I think a lot of that includes, um, you know, reflecting on what happened in the past, right? Not in a ruminating way but in a way where you're bringing the light that you're connected to now, bringing that love that you're aware of now to that, right? And then the same going forward, being able to integrate that. I mean, um, an example, it, it, this is kind of similar, I guess, in in terms of like the hopeful thing that you that you mentioned yeah. before. I remember years ago, really spending some time with little like two or three-year-old me because and and just really loving up on her because um, and I didn't remember this myself I mean I could feel the memory of it if that makes sense but I had been told how I would just randomly so my biological parents split when I was six months old they were both very very young and I would apparently at that age around two three just randomly tell people people i didn't even know just people on the street i have a dad <laughs> <laughs> right? and, and and so i really sat with like that little me mm. and how she was already being in this place of like you said like trying to um compartmentalize that and protect herself from that pain of feeling like oh no i don't have that right by just <laughs> um you know unsolicited to strangers i have a dad <laughs> yeah yeah so and then how that then evolved over the next however many years that by the time i was say i think maybe 12 ish i remember my mom offering like do you want us to look him up and i had already hardened to the point of why would i care why would i want that blah, 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 blah. like like mm-hmm. it was meaningless to me, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so really going back and and letting both of those versions of myself um you know come back into the love that they were looking for and were already finding these different coping mechanisms to uh to deal with to to you know to try to avoid the the actual pain that was going on there.
0: Yeah. Yeah totally totally yeah and and when I cut out my whole family immediately subconsciously my I was like I need to find another one like I need to find I need a family I need something and I didn't even what I wasn't even conscious at the at the time of what of 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 that um but I see this often with with people who cut off ties with their parents is this okay, we we cut that off, we did that for us and that's great, but then we're like out searching to fill that gap as if we're somehow lacking without those those key things. Um, Yeah, and one thing that came to my mind when you were talking is um, like one of the ways to get out of that is Just reminding yourself or just playing with the idea that they can't give me anything that I don't have. Yeah. Like no one can give you anything that you don't already have. And this is with any relationship, trauma bonded or not, remember that.
1: Yeah, it's so key. It's so Mm -hmm. key. I mean, I remember when the moment that I knew that I truly loved my ex-husband was when I, and the the way I expressed this to him is I don't need you. Right. And I hadn't before that really experienced that kind of love before that, you know, love. And like you said, feeling that you need the other person were reinforced as being essentially synonymous, right? There's <laughs> like, well, if you love this person, then yeah, you need them and you need the love that they're going to give you and so on. And it it's just fundamentally not what love truly is.
0: Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um so let me share some of my thoughts about um how to how to step out of the trauma bond. And I think the first thing is to just recognize that we kind of all have a tendency to do it. Yeah. With like all kinds of people and all kinds of relationships, even if that relationship is predominantly healthy, we all have attachments and we all have, you know, whatever. And so I just think like, that's so
1: important to mention, right? Because it's yeah. not always as dramatic as what comes to mind for me was, I guess I was a teenager. or So I don't know when the movie Speed, I don't know if you remember, I've heard of this movie with Keanu Reeves and Sondra Bullock. Yeah. And that's just the one that comes to mind, but there's a million movies that that adhere to this trope, right? Where the the two people involved, you know, get together romantically at the end of the movie. And I remember even in the, the mixed up state that I was in myself at the time when that movie came out, I remember like them kissing at the end of me being like, Mm, I don't know if this is the best basis for a relationship. I think you guys (laughs) both just went through the same harrowing ordeal. I don't know if that's right.
0: (laughs) Oh, oh, and that's such a huge thing, especially with romantic relationships, is that bonding from, oh, we both had, you know, a narcissistic parent, or we both suffered in this way. We're both, you know, disabled in this way, or we both, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's it's important, it's important to, to, to be conscious of that when, and, and just being noticing in your brain, when you're like trying to, in your mind, come up with reasons why it's a fit versus being conscious of your body and how you actually feel around them.
1: So, and even, and even with, when you're checking in with your body, Letting what you're looking for be a, a, a calm, expansive feeling, mm-hmm. right? Rather than what we've been taught is what which you're. Is looking for, which comfort. is different from comfort. Like, yeah, exactly, different exactly. From
0: comfort. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it's from not comfort, different from resignation and just like forgetting about life and whatever. That's a different thing.
1: Exactly, and that's why I I was combining that that peace and that calm with that expansive feeling right because if you're just in a comfort zone and you're hiding out you're not going to have that that feeling like well that expansive feeling right
0: exactly exactly and if you don't feel comfortable expanding around someone that doesn't necessarily mean that your relationship is toxic or you know you need to distance yourself from that person or whatever but there is something there to assess like where exactly it might just
1: be that you feel that you don't feel um, comfortable in general being yourself around other people right Mm -hmm. and there's just some things to unpack there there can be lots of reasons I'm glad you pointed that out too right it's not necessarily (laughs) that something's off with the other person
0: yeah totally totally so one of the things that has really helped me as like a money motivated person is especially when I'm noticing myself to be in that kind of distracted, pulled by the magnet, in intrusive thoughts kind of thing is like noticing the time, energy, money and attention I'm putting into this relationship and whether I can actually afford it. Like I was in a situation at the beginning of the year where cash flow was like it in a dire state. And I needed to really assess each relationship. Can I afford this relationship? And now my time is a lot more limited. And so thinking about like, do I actually have the time to be immersed in this fantasy that my brain's wanting to concoct? Because that's just, it's like regular pattern. Right.
1: Right. Well, and I like what you pointed out as well about affording in terms of attention, right? Because, you know, if that's attention that you can be Putting somewhere else that's more beneficial to you in some way, or that um, is going to help bring you to whatever's next for you, then yeah, that's a really important question to ask, right? Can yeah, I afford yeah. the 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 time, the energy, the attention, the you know, sort of um, like like you were saying, the space in your own head, right? Mm-hmm, being mm-hmm. being um, taken up by these repeating ideas and building these whole worlds that, that, yeah. <laughs> that are you two together or whatever, right. Versus, um, putting, letting, letting that be used constructively in a, in a way that exactly. is meaningful to you and truly and, fulfilling.
0: Yeah. And a big part of that is actually your relationship with your dreams, because yeah. if you understand, and you know, that you are meant to do really important things in the world, you will be more um, conscious and aware of the relationships you have that will help you get to where you wanna go. Versus I know for me over the past year, there was a lot of like, a lot of things were changing, things were changing in my coaching business. And I just like, wasn't, I was so exhausted and so many personal things were happening. And I was just, I did not really believe in myself, my dreams. I was like, I am fucking done with this like coaching thing. It's too exhausting. It's too whatever. I just want to have like a normal life with a normal nine to five, which is like, there's nothing wrong with that, obviously, but it's not me.
1: <laughs> <You're right>. anyway.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but when you're in that state where you're kind of like. I, I, I wanted to run away from my business because I was ignoring the pain or wanting to avoid the pain of the changes that were happening. But when your relationship with your dreams is like, oh, it doesn't really matter. You know, oh, I'll just have this life. This will be fine. Then you're definitely more likely to get into those kinds of relationships that just suck your time they suck your energy and whatever because you just have it available right because yeah. you're not seeing it as important as it actually and then is. it's
1: easy to let that perpetuate itself as a cycle right where yeah. then even if something does kind of come into your attention or even somebody else brings it to your attention of like oh wouldn't i love to you know fill in the blank guess what's right there at the ready oh well i can't because you know oh, whatever yeah. i have to all the things that, that come with being so invested in um, making this relationship be at the center of your
0: yeah. identity in your life. And yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. If you are like putting a lot, a lot of energy into like making a relationship work or like educating people to get to the level that they, you that you would need them to be at in order to like have a healthy relationship but then that is a sure sign that you're trauma bonded to them. Yeah. <laughs> Just like straight up. <laughs>
1: yeah. And um, it's not to yeah. say that like, you know, there are there are never things to like work through in relationships. Sure, Obviously there sure. are, but it's the, you know, the question is, is like, is this an occupation of mine?
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah like where's the center yeah where am I what's at the center of my life and yeah it's almost like they are like the star and you're like orbiting them and like adjusting your life to suit their timeline what they want whether they're ready or not ready what they're doing what they're not doing
1: yeah it's funny. I I posted something recently. I want to say maybe last week or the week before. I don't know. I'm terrible about time. Um, but it, essentially, it said that like if if your existence isn't on the other person's gratitude list, then you need to reexamine. Yeah. What's what's going on? And I mean that goes for really any relationship at all. You know, even the people yeah. I I work with, like they're on my gratitude list. I like, love them. I'm so happy that they all exist. Right. And so that's, that's what for me, um, it's about in every relationship in my life. Right. Am I like grateful that at this person's existence exactly as they are and vice versa, do they, Mm -hmm. you know? feel like they're grateful yeah. just that I exist <laughs> yeah. without me having to be something in particular.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And I think also at the core um a lot of us have a fear of being at the center of our own lives. It's like yeah. being the star.
1: Well, right? and because most people don't have and- themselves on their own gratitude list in that way. Right. Um, I remember working with a client years ago that I that I told them, listen, when you can hit this point that I'm guiding you toward where you feel that, I mean, awe inspiring fall to your knees spontaneously kind of gratitude, not like trying to make yourself feel it. Right. But that gratitude Mm -hmm. that just wells up and you can't help it at just the idea of your, your own existence,
0: mm. not
1: because you've done a certain thing, not because you've gotten a certain thing, not because, not because of any of that, when you can fall down in gratitude, just at your own existence, things are going to start shifting. <laughs> that's
0: amazing, And
1: it, yeah, that's, um, that's something that lots of people haven't been willing to do or maybe just don't even understand or believe is available to them right mm-hmm. to to be in that kind of love and appreciation and and harmony and peace with themselves
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. exactly exactly yeah all right well i think that's, that's a perfect place to, to leave. All yeah. That.
1: Well, and I love what you said about, you know, being the, like, the star of their own universe, so to speak, right? That, yeah. like, instead of that orbiting something else, and then, you know, and it's not that you expect other people to come and orbit you either, right? It's that two people who both feel whole and complete, right, and are both, and they come together in this... um in this harmonious pattern instead of either one orbiting the other. Exactly. And, and it and then it's really beautiful.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. All
1: but right. what's needed for that is yes. each person to fully not just understand, but feel it, live it, they their the access that they have in every breath to the the true pure unconditional love that is what fundamentally we're really made of so oh I love
0: <laughs>
1: and is... and getting to look at a cute cat <laughs> yeah exactly I, well I shouldn't say cute gorgeous gorgeous yeah I cat. know not... <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to insult her with just yes. old, like, cute. <laughs> okay. Great.
0: Well, that wraps it up.
1: All right. Wonderful. Well, yeah, I, I've been having so much fun with these, so I look forward to what we're going to cook up next.
0: Oh, right. Yeah. Next, next week, we're going to be talking about, um, changing the fabric of the universe.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's a really juicy (laughs) one. Yeah. We're like, we're taking a leap. That's I love that. I love that. Great. All right. Well, we will look forward to that. (laughs) All right. Okay. Bye, everyone. Bye.